Are you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply? Then you, lovely person, are in the right place because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if it's your first visit, I'm so glad that you found us. I hope you're having a great day so far. Now then, I've been known to play the comparison game in my time. And let me know if this if this sounds at all familiar. So imagine at school, me thinking they're prettier than me. They're more fun than me. They're more clever than me. They're more intelligent than me. They're more popular than me. When I'm dating, just imagine me thinking they're nicer than me. They're funnier than me. They're thinner than me. They're younger than me. They've got better hair than me. They're sexier than me. They can do their makeup better than me. They're more outgoing than me. They're more thoughtful than me. And then just fast forward to me in business. It doesn't stop. <laughs> it's just the same. So there's me thinking, well, they're more popular than me. They're more experienced than me. They're more intelligent than me. Their social media is better than mine. Their blogs are better than mine. They've got more clients. They've got more money. People like them better than me. They're making more than me. They're busier than me. I mean, wow, that's that's exhausting, isn't it? That is so exhausting. And what's happening while I'm doing that? Well, my self-esteem is going to plummet. And my inner critic has an absolute field day and joins in with basically bullying me. And I feel less likely to put myself out there. And of course, in private practice, you've got to put yourself out there in some way, shape or form. And I also forgot forget about all my own positive traits, you know, all the bits that makes me me. I kind of forget my own skills, my own experience, my own past, my own well, all the things that I bring with me into my private practice. Now, <laughs> let me know. It'd be great if you could let me know. Check me out on social media. Let me know. Does that sound at all familiar? Does any of that sound familiar? And like I say, it probably has, because if you've ever been caught up by comparisonitis, and yet you probably have at some point, then it's not good. So let's take a closer look at it. Let's have a look at some ways that maybe we can combat it. So let's start with why it's not really very good for us. Well, we probably already know why it's not good for us, because it impacts your confidence. It impacts your imposter syndrome. And it just makes us feel, oh, we just have a real doubt about ourselves. And if we're struggling at all, and if we're trying to improve our confidence, comparing yourself to other people is just an invitation it's an invitation to tell yourself you're not doing as well. And when you're in business, one of the things that we have to do, and this is a constant, this isn't something we just occasionally do. This is something that we need to constantly be working on in business. 
And that is we all need to be working on improving our confidence, improving our mindset and improving our self-esteem and trying to get rid of that imposter syndrome because that's going to hold you back in business. So if we're doing something that really impacts on those things and actually makes that worse, then obviously that's not going to be good for you or for your business. Now, one of the other reasons that it's not good for you is because it kind of assumes that other people are doing stuff right. So for example, if you're looking on social media and you see someone and you think, oh God, they're doing better than me. Well, you don't know. You don't know what's happening to them. And if you assume other people are doing it right, it has an impact on you. It impacts maybe on what you might want to say. And something that happens to me is if I see somebody that's, that's say, written something on social media or done a blog about a subject that I want to do, something happens in my head. It kind of says, well, you can't talk about that because people are going to think you've copied from somebody else. And I don't, basically. I, I deliberately try not to do this myself. But that's what happens to me. And then I tell myself that, well, they're doing it better and they're saying it better. And I go down that road. So sometimes with comparisonitis, it can make us assume, probably wrongly, that other people are doing it right. And I think this has been sort of shown a lot on things like online directories. So as you probably know, a lot of us as as counsellors and therapists are on online directories. And I know that, I mean, I've been doing work on this and I know other people in similar fields have been doing work on this to help you with your directory entry. In fact, I actually did a podcast all about a deep dive into your directory entry and I'll link to that below. But it used to be that all of the directory entries were the same, pretty much. And you'd look at the directory entries and if you put yourself in the position of a client, you'd be scrolling through the directory entries and they were all going through the, I call it like the A to Z of of complaints. So it's like abuse, anxiety, you know, ABC of all the different things you could ever struggle with in your life. And everybody seemed to just say, I've got this qualification or I work in this way. And as a client, that made it very difficult for people to choose you. So if at that time you went on and had a look at what was happening on the directories and you just copied that, you're probably copying doing something that's not the best way of putting yourself out there. Now, it's changing now. People are starting to stand out in their own right now. So again, if you want some help with that, I will link to that below. But assuming what other people are doing is right is not always the case. And like I say, will it, it can impact on what you say. So if you've got an idea for something like a blog that you want to write, and you think, right, I'll go and do some research on this, and you see somebody else that's done a brilliant blog on, a, on the same subject, you might say, well, There's no point me saying anything about this because they've talked about it and it's fantastic. But the truth is, every subject's been spoken about before. There's no like original subject anymore. You know, there'll be lots of other things about comparisonitis out there. You know, people all talk about these things, but we all talk about it in slightly different ways. So you talking about something will be, of course, different to how somebody else talks about it because you bring with you your own personality, your own style, your own experience, your own skills, you bring you to the table. And that's what's going to make it different. So if you have a look and think, right, everybody else has written about this, and it's all brilliant. So why am I even going to bother? It kind of takes you out of the equation. 
And it's your story. It's your ideas. It's your way of telling that story that's important for your business. So what I say is, if you're writing a blog or if you're doing anything like that, write the blog first. So if you're going to do a blog about five ways to do something, you know, write it out first. And then after you've done the the main bit of it, then you can maybe have a quick look on other blogs for some research to see if there's a really glaringly obvious thing that you missed out that you want to add. But if you go and research something by reading lots of blogs, then you kind of run the risk of going into this comparisonitis of thinking, well, why am I bothering? Because they're so great. It doesn't matter what they're like. It matters what you're like. And the people that are following you and your audience and your potential clients want to hear what what you've got to say about it because your voice is just as valuable as anybody else's. Your ideas are just as valuable as anybody else's and they're unique to you. So it kind of stops you finding your own style or allowing yourself to let your own style develop. So if you're only, if you're looking at other people's blogs and you think, well, that's the way blogs are written, (laughs) it stops you from writing in the style that's right for you. So for me, I used to write a lot of blogs and my sense of humor kind of came out in them. And I tended to use, like I say, quite a bit of humor. I tended to use very day-to-day language and really it just sounded like a conversation with me. If I'd have then looked at other people's blogs and thought, oh, crikey, these are a bit more like proper articles and they've got big words in it and (laughs) it would have maybe put me off. That's just not my style. I don't write like that. So whatever, you know, for you, you are unique and it can impact you and your unique way of putting your voice out there, of sharing your message. It can really, it can really impact on that so that kind of waters it down. It stops you finding your own style. And when we think about things like social media and the images that we might put on. So obviously, if you're on Instagram, especially, you're going to be putting images on there. So if you look at what other people, you know, other counsellors and other therapists and what images they use, you might almost think to yourself, oh, I've got to do something a bit like that. That's the way counsellors do it. Well, nobody's, nobody says how you have to do it. You can decide yourself how you can want, how you want to put your message out there. You can choose your own way. There really is no right or wrong. So it's finding your own style. And very often the people that seem to do very well are the people that are able to step into that, to find that little bit of confidence, to sort of find their own message and and share it in a way that is just them. So yeah, it's about being able to step into that. And one of the downsides of comparisons is that when we compare ourselves to somebody else, we either end up feeling superior or we end up feeling inferior. And neither of those are helpful. You know, we don't want to be feeling superior to other people, do we? That's not very nice. And we certainly don't want to be feeling inferior to other people. So comparisons can tend to either make us feel superior or inferior. So yeah, let's ditch that. <laughs> let's ditch that. So let's have a little think about how we might stop it. Now, sometimes we can compare other people in in our business. So, for example, as a counsellor, you might go and check out what other counsellors are doing. And there's a possibility you might see someone that certainly looks like they're maybe doing better than you. 
So there will be people doing better than you. There are going to be people that are not doing as well as you. I mean, there's going to be the whole range, isn't there? Because we're all in different places. Some people are just starting out. Some people have been doing it for years. And that's really the point. You know absolutely nothing about them and their life. So, for example, if you're just starting out and somebody posts in like a a counsellor's Facebook group to say, oh, this is fantastic. I've only been doing this for three months and I'm full. That might that might be like a knife to the like a knife to the heart for you. You might think, well, I've been doing it for three months and I'm just I've just got my second client. And that's where comparisonitis can really, really impact it because you literally know nothing about their life. So they may have a really large circle of friends, a really large family, or you might they might have a load of friends that are all supporting them are all sharing their social media stuff that are talking to them uh, talking about them with other people and getting the word out so if that person has 50 people in their corner well that's bound to have a massive impact on them getting started and if they're all following that person on social media and sharing it their social media will grow more quickly than someone who doesn't have that and if they're all sort of putting out leaflets or things like that and and putting you know doing all that then it stands to reason that they're going to get seen quicker than somebody who doesn't have that I mean for example if you've got a friend who's a hairdresser and I know I'm, I'm, I'm recording this in lockdown and I really want to go to the hairdresser I'm desperate to see my hairdresser oh my goodness let's talk about lockdown hair okay let's not but it's not good it's not a good look But if you've got a friend who's a hairdresser, they can potentially talk to many, many potential clients about your services. So that is, you know, that's going to get you out there and be visible and talked about and have an impact on your business and have an impact on your life. Or it could be that that person maybe lives in a very central position that then appears high up in like Google searches or it appears high up in directory searches and things like that. So this is real. Now, this has made a big impact. And on my, I mean, I was a counsellor for 14 years and I stopped seeing counselling clients a couple of years ago now. And I live six miles out of the centre of my local town. I live near Lincoln in the UK and I live six miles away from the centre of Lincoln. Now, when I first started out, if somebody typed in Councillor Lincoln, I was on page one, which was fantastic. But do you know what? There are so many new counsellors out there and there will continue to be new counsellors setting up. And because there are going to be a lot that are closer to central Lincoln than me, they will show up in these searches above me. And so I stopped being seen in the first pages of searches. So it can depend on things like where they live. And there's very little you can do about that apart from move. So that could have an impact that is, you know, there's not that much that you can do about that. It may be because somebody got into counselling because of something to do with their job. So, for example, if they're a teacher and they want to help kids with some of these deeper issues and they trained as a counsellor, then they're going to naturally have a network of like both teachers and possibly parents that might be referring to you. So you've got more of a network out there. 
Now, if you haven't got that and you compare yourself to somebody who has got that, you might be thinking, well, they're doing better than me. It's all happening faster. But it's not an even playing field. We're all in different phases. We're all in different places. Now, it may be that they have more money to invest in advertising. It may be that they've got more time to invest in their marketing. So if you're working a full-time job or a part-time job or you've got young kids or other responsibilities, you've probably got less time to invest in marketing. And that has an impact. And you don't know that when you just look at what other people are doing. It may be that they've got a background in marketing or that they know somebody that does and they're able to get some extra help. Or it could be just as simple as they're very confident. It may be that they're more of an extrovert and therefore they find it more easy to put themselves out there and to promote their practice. And let's not underestimate the difference that this can make. I know this, I am an introvert. And as such, you know, that this battle is real. Now, if you're an introvert, I do have a podcast where we had Fiona Mason come and talk about introvert superpowers. So definitely go and check that out. It's a great podcast. Fifi's great. She literally works with introverts to help them to be more visible. But it's real. If you're an introvert, it's going to be more difficult for you to just get out there and do these things. And these are the sorts of things where when we're comparing ourselves, when, like I say, we're not on an even playing field. Some people have got a bit of a head start. It doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong or that you can't do it or that you're bad at it or anything like that. These are just facts. These are just the way, this is just the way things are very often. So I think it's really important that we accept that. So if you're in a counsellor's Facebook group and there's a thread and it's people talking about the number of clients that they have, I would recommend basically have two choices here. Either just scroll past and avoid the whole topic if it's likely to trigger you or if you're just starting out or if you're struggling. So if you see one of those threads where people are saying how many clients they've got, option number one is just don't, just don't look at it, just scroll right past. You don't have to read it just because it's there. Or you could use it as motivation and inspiration because after all, these people are doing well. So what are they doing? What can you learn from them? And then you can take that and use that. So yeah, if you see people around and about and they seem to be doing well, just give them a little secret. Yeah, well done you. Give them a little, you know, mental pat on the back, but don't take it too much to heart. That's my recommendation to you. The other thing is on social media, I recommend that you don't really follow a lot of other therapists. Okay, maybe a few. Maybe you've got a few close counsellor friends and you can follow each other for for some mutual support. But I really don't recommend that you follow lots of counsellors because you know, then the temptation is for that comparisonitis to happen. So what happens is you log into your social media, you start looking at your feed and your feed's full of other counsellors and all of their posts. And it's really hard if it's right slap bang in your face to not look at it and and to not compare. So just be aware of the fact that counsellors aren't your ideal clients. You're not looking for counsellors. You're looking for people who are your ideal clients, whatever that is. Now, if we all as counsellors just follow each other, it might feel kind of comfy and nice, but it's not really helping your business. So if you're a counsellor 
and a lot of other counsellors follow you, then the platform that you're on will start to show more of your stuff to other counsellors because they think, right, this is obviously a, a, a person that is sharing with counsellors. So it will show all of your stuff to lots of other counsellors. And that's just not what you want. On social media, it's, you know, like I say, follow a few counsellors that are your friends and support each other. But really, if you find that you're getting lots and lots of comments from other counsellors, really you need to have a look at that and think, right, I need to increase the number of people that are following me and start to increase that so that it's the right people, so that it's my ideal clients following me. Because these counsellors aren't going to buy from you. So unless you're a counsellor that works with other counsellors, then these people are not going to be your ideal clients. So you're just posting things that get seen by counsellors and it's it's wasting your time, to be honest. So don't follow lots of other counsellors. Take control of your social media. And then it means you're less likely to get caught up in comparisonitis because you're going to not have it like literally in your face every time you sign on social media. Now, you might think to yourself, well, I quite like following other counsellors because it inspires me. I like to see what other people are doing. What I would say there is if you want some inspiration, then I would recommend that you follow other types of social media accounts and get your inspiration there. So you could get inspiration from things like um, people that do mindfulness or people that you do yoga or hypnotherapists or coaches or really any sort of, to be honest, any other sort of business, you'll get inspiration from them. It doesn't have to be someone specifically working with counselling and it'll make your brain work. Your brain will be going, oh, cracky, that's interesting what they said. I wonder how I can turn that around to be interesting to my ideal clients and then that helps you to do your own social media because I think one of the biggest things that's a problem there's quite a few problems really isn't there when we think about comparisonitis but I think one of the problems with comparisons is that it strips us of our individuality or it can do it can strip us of our individuality and this is something I talk about in the Grow Your Private Practice Club I actually did a workshop all about it called Your Business, Your Rules, where I talked all about you and what you want, how you can play to your own strengths, how you can turn your business into what you want it to be. In actual fact, I recorded a a similar kind of podcast that's episode 12, and that's called Your Business, Your Rules. So you can have a little listen to that. So one of the things that's important really is to to find your own voice, to find your own message, to let your personality show, because that's what you're trying to do. The more your personality shows, the more people are likely to connect with you. The more bland you are, because you're doing what everybody else is doing, the less people are going to connect with you. So, you know, allow your personality to show. Because comparisons tend to make us tempted to copy other people in the belief, the very often misguided belief, that they are doing it right and you are doing it wrong. But as I say, you literally have no idea what their business is like. You have no idea what their behind the scenes is. So for example, they might have an absolutely beautiful website, but it might not attract clients. So if you think to yourself, right, that's a lovely website, I'm going to copy that, you might get those results too. So really it's about 
really getting in touch with your skills and your qualities and also what it is that your ideal clients want, what their problems are, what they need. And I think it's about learning to trust yourself and having the confidence to do what feels right for you. And this is something that, you know, it might take a while to get to that. I think when we're starting out, you know, we're still trying to find our way, trying to find our feet, trying to find our voice, dealing with a lot of fears. So see if you can learn to trust yourself and give yourself a break if it doesn't come to you straight away. But it's something to keep working on and keep doing. So play to your strengths. Take the path of least resistance and do all the things that you find the easiest to do and the least stressful and get really good at that. So for example, do the sort of content. So content is like having a podcast or going on YouTube or writing blogs. Which one of those do you prefer? You do what you like doing best. Not do, Don't do something just because everybody else is doing it. So if everybody else is writing blogs and you don't like writing, don't do what everybody else is doing. Do the thing that you are more likely to enjoy because if you enjoy it, you'll keep doing it. And the more that you keep doing it, you get the consistency. People are going to be likely to follow you, get to know you. And it's all very virtuous. So play to your strengths. Keep a track of all of your successes as well. Every tiny little thing, every small step forward. And just stay in your own lane. Concentrate on your own message. The message that's right for your own ideal clients. Now for me, yes, I'm just normal. Of course, I get affected by comparisonitis. But what I've noticed actually is I keep to my own lane. And when I say I stay in my own lane, what I mean is I literally don't look at what other people in in my industry are doing. So I don't look at what other people that help therapists to grow, grow practice. I don't look at what they're doing. Because if I do, I do exactly what I've talked about. I'll start thinking, well, they're better than me. And they are saying things better than me. And they're this, you know, this and that and the other. And all that happens is that I start feeling bad. I start doubting myself. And the more I feel down, the less likely I am to take steps to move forward. So I probably just really spiral down. It's probably self-sabotage. Of course, it's self-sabotage, but it's real. You know, it's not a made up thing. So if I'm feeling a bit down, I'm more likely to check what other people are doing. It feeds into feeling down and then I spiral down and I spiral down and it takes away my confidence and I don't do the things that I need to do because I'm telling myself that, well, there's no point because they're better than me anyway. So who's going to listen to me? (laughs) Does that sound at all familiar? It's what happens. So this is why it's really important to really keep a check on this. So when I say stay in your own lane, maybe do what I do. So don't look at what other counsellors are putting out there. Don't look at other counsellors' blogs. Don't look at other counsellors' directory entries or, or websites or social media. Just completely concentrate on your own message. Concentrate on what do my ideal clients, what do people want to hear from me? What will help them? What can I put out there? What can I share with them that's going to help them? That's all you need to do. It doesn't matter at all what other people are doing. It really, really doesn't. It only matters what you're doing. And the more you're just concentrating on the needs of your ideal client, the better. Because then that means you're going to be putting stuff out there 
that that person is going to connect to. And that's why they're going to come to you because they feel a connection. So use your own thoughts, use your own ideas, have your own ideas, you know, allow yourself to think things through and think of some new ideas. If you're new, you might be thinking, I can't think of anything to say. It's just something to practice. Everybody's got ideas, but it's about practicing doing it. And just, you know, there's lots of different ways that you can do that, find different things to talk about. So trust yourself, find your own voice, find your own style and settle into it, get comfortable in it. And that's how you start enjoying your business. That's how you start enjoying your practice. That's how you start enjoying social media. And that's how you start enjoying your own blogging or your own content creation, because it's something that feels right to you. You're able to do it in a way that's right for you. And you might want to invest a little bit of time and money into learning some of these things, learning how to write blogs that that have your message in your voice. I mean, obviously, we have the Grow Your Private Practice Club if you want some more help with this. Um, We're all about improving confidence. We're all about increasing skills. And we have a fantastic, warm, really supportive community as well. So if you feel like you could do with a bit more confidence in your marketing and finding your own voice, please don't keep struggling on on your own. There's help there. I'm there. I'll help you. Come and join us. I'll put a link below and you can have a look and come come and join us. So today we've looked at the dreaded comparisonitis. We've looked at how destructive it can be to your confidence, how destructive it can be to your self-esteem and your self-belief. And we've looked at a few different ways that you can step away from it. Me, well, I'm just going to carry on staying in my own lane and doing my own thing because that's all I can do because that's who I am. I can only ever be me. And if people like me, they'll come to me. And if they don't like me, they won't do. The same as it's ever been. Because if I start comparing, I change what I'm doing. And if I change what I'm doing, I water my message down and I'm not being me. And then it just feels weird. (laughs) So it can be tempting to check what everybody else is doing. But before you do, just consider the impact. And again, if you need any help, either come to us in the Grow Your Private Practice membership, where you can get lots of practical help and advice on lots of different ways to both grow your private practice and to help with your mindset. Or grab the Grow Your Private Practice book. It's available on Amazon and it's got three sections and it's got a quick start section about how to get started quickly. No website required. It's got a section all about mindset where we also look at money mindset And it's got a section all about the more practical aspects of having a practice. So yeah, that's available on Amazon. Don't know if you can hear that. There's my dog outside barking. It's a really nice day here today. And she's outside having a lovely time barking at all the people that go past the gate. (laughs) Bless her. She's just keeping me safe. So that's it for this week. It's been really lovely talking to you. And I shall look forward to seeing you again soon. Now, just before we go, I want to say the best places to find me either are on Instagram and you'll find me at Grow Your Private Practice, which is all lowercase, no spaces, or check me out on LinkedIn where I am Jane Travis. That's my name, isn't it? Jane Travis. So have a look for me and come say hi. That would be absolutely fantastic. Have a fantastic week and I shall look forward to speaking to you again soon. All right. Take care. Bye bye. 
you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.